Dawn Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. And you're in the transporter room. You know, Carly, some parts of the country are beginning to relock down. The coronavirus is spiking. And guess where it's not doing that? Where you and I live, Connecticut. Connecticut and Rhode Island, the two best states in the whole union. Really? Now that, that well, oh, coronavirus that, at least. I mean, that's news to me. No, seriously, that's news to me, but it's not surprising. We're like, I mean, folks, just wear a mask. You wear know what? a friggin' mask. If you just would have worn your mask, if everybody would just worn their mask and just gotten down with it yeah. and just realized that, you know what, our lives are going to change for a little bit. We would we would probably have a major league baseball season right now. That's not looking good. The NBA is out. The NBA. I don't know how they can start a season. And on the day we recorded this, the major league baseball folks decided to cancel the minor league baseball season. No MILB this year. And that's going to have some serious effects on that. That's going to have serious effects on labor peace in baseball. Yeah, and local local economies too. I mean. Well, not only that, yeah. but you know what? You know where you know where you found pride celebrations in sports and minor league ball. The miners, the yeah, Hartford the minors Garden goes had three planned, three pride nights. Now let's just—I mean, the yard goats will stop. Will probably still be around in 2021, but a lot of minor league teams won't. And this is going to have a serious. This is going to have a harsh knock-on effect. I mean, they were taught there were serious labor negotiations and serious labor discussions going on in regards to minor league baseball. And right now, that that whole dynamic has changed. I, but it goes back to once again, it's bad leadership nationwide throughout this. And of course, you probably saw the breaking news today. Basically, American tourists stay home. You will not be allowed in the European Union. Isn't that a flip? That the U.S. the Americans are the ones who are persona non grata. Wow. I have a feeling. A lot of the world's going to do that if things don't start, if if the United States doesn't start correcting the shift. This nation is, the United States right now is number one in cases, number one in new infections, number one across the board in all the wrong statistical categories here. I mean, folks, it's up, it's up, to, it's up to we the people. Put your mask on. That's the only way you're going to get things opening up and get, quote unquote, get the economy going. The only way it's going to happen is you have to get that curve flattened. It's not flattening right now. It's rising. The other thing that's rising, murders of trans women. Here we are again. It's the halfway point of 2020, and we've had, I think, at least three trans people murdered in the last month. I'm getting tired. Dawn, I'm getting tired of just even chronicling the numbers. I mean... The one good and thing that's just is, reported, Carly. Don't forget, there are many, many more that go unreported. I know. Tell me about it. But one good thing, I was at a few days ago. I was at a rally that was ran by a lot of by a lot of young people here in here in Connecticut. Who's and the great thing about this rally was that these young people got together, went to the state capitol, occupied the streets, took up space and said their piece and the week before they did a rally on juneteenth where they got six thousand people there fantastic and but here's the thing the next week but at the rally that they had last week where they're directly talking about queer issues they only had 250 people oh wow 
Well, last night I uh, recorded a, uh, well, I did a live Instagram, which is recorded on Outsports Instagram with trans athlete Chris Mosier. We talked about activism. We talked about how pride just vanished in a blink of an eye. It's like you didn't even, really didn't do anything. Did you do anything for pride this month? Yes, I I, I took a lot of opportunities to be a part of, I was a part of a few panels. I did a lot of educational things. I actually was out on more, out on a few protests here and there. Oh, good for you. But for me, this was the most important pride we've had in my mind since 68. Tell me why. I think this pride mattered even more because, and I, at least for myself, I took an opportunity to learn. I think a lot of people also took opportunities to learn took opportunities to strategize, took opportunities to have the deep conversations. Don't get me wrong. I miss the parties and the fun. We all yeah, do. Yeah. But I, but for me, starting with the Supreme Court decision, which, which, which is a game changer for our society across the board, and the momentum coming off that, the, the, the emphasis that more and more people are starting to put, especially on, on Black trans lives, Yes, having that having that conversation was important. I think I think this Pride Month, in some ways, went pretty fast because there was a lot of opportunities to plug into some serious work that our community needs, and people and people did that. Yeah, okay, we didn't have the parties, didn't have the big fun, but I think what we saw this month is going to stick with us long afterwards, and I hope so. I hope that all the people that got plugged in to the greater movement, stay engaged in that movement and stay engaged not only in this movement, but in a lot of movements. So I'll tell you how important people getting involved was. Right here in Connecticut. In Connecticut, there was a rent moratorium. The rent moratorium was supposed to end on July 1st. But because so many people got involved and so many people kept the, kept the heat on and so many people got out there and organized and strategized and agitated, the governor moved the, I mean, pushed the moratorium back to August 25th. Well, that's fantastic. But People, you also know what's happening in July 1st. This July 1st being today, guess what? Idaho, HB 500, it's now the law. And, you know, it's not done yet as far as fighting it. We're going to keep on fighting it. But it's a big uh, game changer for trans athletes in Idaho. And I was talking to Chris Mosier about it. And you know what? We have to keep the pressure on. We have to find a way to overturn yeah. that law. Oh, yes. But I'll, but I'll tell you, I was reading really good interview by um, Sports Illustrated on, on Lindsey Haycox. Oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned that. Excellent, excellent. Excellent. Excellent interview. More on the story. But you're right. We need people keep the heat on. Keep the well, heat she, on. She because, was a guest I mean, in the transporter room. So, you know. Yeah, she uh, was also in the interview. transporter room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. One thing about I me, mean, obviously, we got a transporter room got her first. I mean, we we got yeah, that. And it was an yeah. excellent interview. But one thing that I mean, but one thing that Sports Illustrated just dredged out was more of the backstory. And and my backstory and her backstories in many ways are very very similar. Yes, indeed. and I mean, I I again, you know, you and I really hope that people really take a look at what's happening in Idaho and in Connecticut with the lawsuit here and really look at a critical eye and really look at the issues. And once again, that's just, I mean, you can't say enough about Chris Moser. 
you can't say oh, enough yeah. about what he's done. He's another one of our I mean, he, uh, he, he, room guests. Yeah, yeah, great. Kevin, Kevin said. I mean, and and to be blunt, I really think that people are not. I I really think that people are not paying attention to the level that they need to because this is not just about sports. This is about issues way beyond that. This is about preserve. In a sense, this is about preserving public education in this country. Well, you know, he's really good at um, being an ally. The host of Level Playing Field, Randy Boos, he's in Scotts Valley, California. Why don't we set coordinates for Scotts Valley and beam into the transporter room? Randy Boos, welcome to the transporter room. Hey, how's it going? We've missed you. Where have you been? Yeah, I've uh, I've been a little busy and just not in the mood to podcast. I, I think we can all identify with that. You know, it's been a really hard couple of months. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing really well. I mean, I don't have any, like, depression or anything. It's just more about there's just other stuff going on. And, um, it, yeah, I had just been busy with other things. I started doing photography again and getting more in, involved in that. Um, but next week I come back with an all-new episode. Fantastic. I've been listen to your podcast from the jump in a lot of ways and i can tell you of all the different of all the news sources that have really come forward for our community and have really um materialized our community level playing field stands out to me thank you level it it stands out because it because of the level of guests you get and the level of conversation and in a way i i feel it should be a template for the way that such guests are handled across the board for when you started level playing field, what was your, what was your initial ambition and where do you see it now? You know, I, I came out very late in life. I'm 45 now. And I came out really like two or three years ago um, to more people. And when I started this, it was more about getting more involved in the community Um, I've always been someone who liked storytelling and hearing other people's stories. Um, And I found this was an excellent way to do it. How do you choose your guests, Randy? What selection process do you go through? And I've noticed that not all of your guests are sports related. You know, with the, the shutdown of sports and everything, the last few, um, actually this whole year, I've sort of, been encouraged by you, Don, to think outside the box. Um, so, you know, I read, I spoke with Zachary Zane from Men's Health Magazine, um, Aiden Mann, who is a um, trans man who I found on TikTok. Um, it's lately, it's just been different stories, different characters away from the sports field. But uh, usually it's just, I like soccer and rugby. So talking to some of those people that are involved in that sport. And then I really look at out sports and see who they've interviewed and what stories catch my eye. And uh, and I do that mainly. And then, you know, if someone comes out or someone's a, a hot news story, then I'll, I'll ask them as well. Granted, this 2020 has been a weird year. Uh, I mean, all the way around, it's been unprecedented for the just sheer twist and turns that we've seen, especially in these last four months or so of the interviews you've done and the people you've had on the podcast this year, who are some of the ones that looking back after six months stand out for you? 
Um, keep in mind, I've only done, I think about maybe eight or nine episodes this year. Um, but I think probably Zachary Zane, the men's health editor, um, when I first started to recognize my own sexuality, when I was, you know, 10, 11 years old, um, I would go to the, the grocery store and you'd always see fitness magazines. And, you know, they had the fitness magazines that catered to the muscle guys. Men's health was around and, it, you know, catered to older men, um, older straight men. And then there was one called exercise for men only. That is what I sort of gravitated to mainly because the pictures, but seeing how men's health now has changed. I mean, Zachary is able to talk about so many issues that matter to the LGBTQ community. He's bisexual himself. He, um, he can talk. I mean, I don't know how graphic you want to get, but he can talk about pegging and he can talk about, um, HIV positive stuff. And he can talk about sexuality in a way that you wouldn't see that 15, 20 years ago. Who is Randy Boost? Tell us about your coming out story. Tell us about your personal life. If you want to share that part, I think that people would like to know a little bit more about you because you are, when you're on the podcast, um, as part of our Outsports team, yours is the most popular, most downloaded podcast. Yeah, I still don't get why, but... <laughs> um, so I knew from a young age that I was bisexual. Um, like I said... 10, 11 years old, I knew both sexes, you know, at the time, both sexes, it was a, a simpler term, I guess you, you could say. Um, but it, I, I just knew that I was open to it, to all of it. And so growing up though, in a conservative family, I also knew not to talk about it. Um, I not to get too dark, but in high school, I wanted to kill myself and I got pretty close to it. But um, the same thing that drew me to get to that point is the same thing that pulled me back. It was the guilt. Um, thinking about like my mom being the one to find my body, um, just it was what made me stop. Um, and I kept myself closeted for a long time. Um, I'm married to a woman. I have an awesome son. And in fact, today we celebrated his gotcha day, the day we finalized oh, in court. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so um, just a few years ago, I was able to really get to a point where I could tell, I told my wife first. Um, and for her, she, her comment was, you know, that makes a lot more sense just what she noticed from me. She knew I had a secret. Um, and so just being able to be open with her and be so accepting. Um, my son knows, I have some friends know, some of my conservative family don't. It's not because I'm hiding it from them because I wanna stay in the closet. It's more like I don't really care to share that part of my life with them. Um, in fact, a lot of them are Trump supporters and um, just seeing them on Facebook when I was on it, seeing the stuff they post just made me sick. So um, 
that's why I'm not on it anymore. But I have friends that know, um, obviously the podcast, I'm not hiding it. Um, I'm pretty out and open there. So that's basically who I am. I, I didn't grow up playing sports when I was young because of my sexuality and not feeling like I fit in. Um, I've actually had a long problem of not feeling like I fit in because of, you know, my faith, my sexuality, um, and just who I am. So that's me. I'm, uh, I'm not always this depressing. I, uh, <laughs> Hey, as a fellow survivor of a s attempted suicide, I feel you. And, um, I'm going to make sure that anybody who's hearing this, who might be thinking, well, gee, that's something I should consider. There are lots of options besides taking your life that I hope that people will look for on our uh, Facebook page and on our Twitter page because there are solutions. I, I know it almost feels like there is no other way, but Randy and I both found other ways. And thank God we're both here, Randy. Oh, totally. Totally. I, uh, yeah, it, it would have been the biggest mistake ever if I followed through with it. I mean, yeah, there were some dark times for me, but knowing where I'm at now and knowing there's people that accept me and love me. It yeah. may not be the, the family you're born into, but it's the family you make for yourself and you will find people out there that, that will love you for who you are. Absolutely. No, it's not a depressing story. It's just a real story. And yes. And that, and that makes three of us. So now we're the trifecta of people who wanted to end their life. <laughs> well, the thing and, is we found another path, right? Yeah. And we exactly. And, and I'm thankful every day that I didn't because I look at all the color and beauty and wonderfulness that I would have missed out entirely had I gone forward with that. One of the one of those beautiful things is sports. And I want to talk about like since you're since you're part of out sports, you're doing a sports podcast. What sports are your favorite? What athlete athletes do you groove to? What sports are you grooving to? Um, I watch soccer the most um mainly english premier league although you know the bundesliga in germany and our own major league soccer and nwsl nwsl um in the u.s uh you know i like football i like hockey I basically like all the sports i mean it's been weird not to have sports at all but once it started to open up, I mean, I, I know, Carly, you're a NASCAR fan. I'm not a biggest NASCAR fan, but I actually watched a little bit of it just because I was so desperate for sports. Well, you've had some premier, well, you've had some premiership. You've yeah, the last football. couple of weeks. Yeah, you, you've had some football. I mean, it's a, I mean, that's a wild, how about Liverpool just up like 26 Liverpool. points on the field? How about Liverpool's up 26 points on the field? I mean, oh yeah, they you know they they won the championship and you know what can you say they beat my team four nil last week and you know it is what it is. <laughs> who is. By the way, who who what team have you selected in the Premiership? Who's your Crystal, who's your side? Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Yeah, from well, South London. Well, the good news is they're going to be a, they will be in the Premiership next year. Oh yeah, because usually there's those teams out there in the Premiership and Crystal Palace's history the last 15, 20 years has been we're up, then we're down, then we're up. Uh, oh, we're in the Premiership? No, we're in the Coke League. Um, now, and now they're squarely in it. Yeah, yeah, we're they're, middle of the table usually now. They're the Mets of the UK, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
15. So what sports do you enjoy? Because I have to be honest, I may be a woman, but I'm still a dad. My kids still call me dad. I have two boys. And one of my favorite things was playing ball and uh, enjoying sports with my sons. And I love, love, love being a, um, a fly in the wall while the two boys play wiffle ball, which is just hilarious. So what have you done with your son? My son loves basketball. He, oh. uh, he's a drummer and we've always felt because of the, the, the rhythmic sound of the drum, the basketball bouncing on the court makes sort of the same sound. And so he's gravitated towards basketball. Um, he plays on his high school team. Um, you know, I'm there every home game doing the scoreboard and, um, it's been fun at this first year in high school. Um, and they're able to complete the season before the shutdown. So that was a good thing. And what's it like for you being a parent, watching your kid on that floor? How do you, for starters, I mean, how do you control yourself when it's your kid out there? How do you contain the assignment and keep it kind of even keel? Who said he controlled himself? <laughs> no, I do. I'm, I'm a pretty quiet person anyways. Um, so it's easy for me just to focus on what I'm doing. And, and unfortunately, my son's not one of the starters. So it's easier to enjoy the, the entire team experience and, and watch the game. So I'm not as focused on just what he's doing. I get it. My oldest son was a swimmer uh, for both a town team and for the high school team. And he hated me coming to the swim meets because I was that parent. Woo! Woo! Go, Sean, go! Yeah. Go, Sean, go! And he'd be like, Dad! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not that person. Oh, he played football, and I was the loudest one yelling, move the chains! Move the chains! <laughs> and he played, he was so good, he played both offensive and defensive tackle. But he hated football. And you know why, Carly? Why did he hate football? Because he wanted to be the quarterback. He wanted his hands on the ball, not on other players. Well, see, that's the – well, see, everybody wants to be QB1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, when I played in high school, I was QB5. Oh. <laughs> you got to be QB. No, I was – no, I was what they – actually, I was called the emer- – uh, literally, they said you're the emergency. What? We're only putting you in a quarterback if there's a dire emergency. If a bus hits all four of the other quarterbacks, huh? No, actually, my coach said if aliens come, if aliens comes and take away this entire team, you're still number two. You're still- <laughs> the only time I've ever played football was for a Campbell Soup commercial. I was a child actor from age four to seventeen, and I had to play football against all these actual. High school football players, <laughs> they just creamed me. I was the quarterback, and I got sacked over and over again. And the director said to me at one point, he said, do you have to fall so many times? Could you stand up maybe once in a while? <laughs> it's not looking good for the commercial. Oh, so, Randy, let me ask you another question about being a parent. How is it different, if it's a different at all, for those people who don't understand bisexuality, being a parent compared to what you think uh, a cisgender straight parent is. Is there a difference? You know, I don't really think so. I mean, um, like nothing's changed since I've told him about my sexuality. It's, it's been the same. I mean, how'd that go by the way? He's a 15 year old boy. So it's like, whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he really cared. <laughs> it's like he spent elementary school at a private Christian school. Okay. And when he went to sixth grade, we sent him to a public school. And, Ooh. you know, I'm in Northern California and they have this program where they welcome every sixth grader into the school by two students. Well, the two students that happened to be his, um, his leader, his web leaders, they call it. Um, the, the boy was, the boy was gay and the girl was bisexual. <laughs> and so he's telling us this and, you know, he's come from the Christian private school and, you know, we're like, well, what'd you think? And he's telling us and we're like, well, what would you, you know, what, what do you think about it? He's like, not nothing. I just, I think he was more hesitant to see how we felt about it. And, you know, at that time we go, you know, we don't care who you marry, who you, you know, have a relationship with. I told him the only thing he has to do is give me grandkids. <laughs> but other than that, I don't <laughs> really care. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I, I have um, I have three kids all part of the LGBT community. And I said, I don't care who it is you marry. I do prefer if my daughter would date a woman because it reduces her chance of getting pregnant. <laughs> That's <laughs> very selfish of me. No, but no, that, no. My, my daughter's bi, so um, for me, it's more important that they're happy. And I think that's the ultimate job of a parent is to give your kids as least amount of troubles and to set them up for the future successes and to hope that you can just help them find happiness. Well, yeah. And, you know, you look at the world today and everyone's so angry. It's like, just, just love people. Hear their story you know, take it in and see what you can get from it, how you can grow yourself and just love them. Why be so angry? You know? What do you think about um, transgender inclusion? What's your, uh, what's your take on this whole debate that Carly and I've been talking about for Carly? Has it been like um, all our lives? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that, I mean, that's one, of the, but you know something, the mere fact that we can, that we're having the conversation that we're having, shows in some ways the developments that's a, that have been made across our species 30 years ago we don't even 30 years ago we're not even having this discussion as being we're having this discussion in hushed tones now it's out it's in the open it's in the open it's no different than it's considered no different than anything else but no you know, but sorry go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off no but but also going back to this question as as many discussions are becoming normalized, it seems like the trans issue cannot. For some reason, some people just don't want to normalize it. I'm just wondering, Randy, like Dawn was asking, what's your thoughts on this on this endless debate about trans lives? Why are we why are we having a debate here? Before I answer that, let me go to what you just touched on. Um just about how conversation has changed and how we're more open in the open. Um, today, as a matter of fact, Brock McGillis, former minor league hockey player, tweeted something out. There was a gay hockey referee that came out. USA Hockey did a post on him on Instagram. Le looking at the comments, there's a 13-year-old boy who first made a, a smart-ass comment, but then later on when he replies, he goes, I'd rather be dead than be gay. Oh. And this is a 13-year-old boy. So while we have come far, we still have young people who have this attitude. 
and there's so much more work to do. And that's just for, for gay people, for trans people, it's even harder. I mean, as you guys know, um, as for my, my thoughts and feelings on this, I've been fortunate where I've had, um, quite a few trans athletes on my podcast. Um, and everyone I've taken something, everything I've, every guest I've had, I've taken something away from it. Um, while I don't understand the science behind a lot of it, like with the testosterone levels for, um, for the hormones and stuff that the trans people have to take in general, when it goes to sports, I don't understand it at all. For me, I just leave that to other people to figure out what I know is this. If there's a trans athlete, whether it's trans male or trans female, they're able to compete. There's no reason they shouldn't. Um, people that are smarter than me have come up with these rules. Um, and I know sometimes the rules are too much. Um, and we have to adjust and fix. And, and unfortunately, I can't comment too much on that. Um, for athletes in high school, I had a problem not a problem. I had a hard time deciding what I thought about it until I had Chris Mosier on as a guest last December. Um, and he said something really important for me anyways, that helped me decide. And he said, what is high school athletes all about? It's not about winning. It's not about, you know, really being the best and coming in first. It's about what you get competing and what you get with teamwork and what you get with everything that goes along with sport for people that say it's well you know it's going to ruin scholarships and stuff no it's not people who that are offering scholarships aren't looking at places they're looking at times so if your daughter or your son gets a good time they're going to find a place in college to go to so let the trans athletes in high school compete exactly it's all about individual times. It's not about first, second, or third. Every coach is telling us this. Ugh. But not only that, it's just about high school sports is about memories more than anything else. I, high, a high school activity, I, I don't remember. I probably don't remember a lot of, I don't probably remember a score of any game I played in. I don't remember my times on the track. I I mean, I was in speech and debate in high school as well, and I won a state championship. And my greatest moment to me wasn't that. My greatest moment was going off to a national tournament with people, with my friends and having a good time. And like the time that we snuck past our coaches and went out into the French Quarter and stayed out until 3 a.m. at nationals in New Orleans one year. <laughs> the, those, that's what high school sports is about. High school sports is about nicknames and fun and and the camaraderie and being with your mates. Then the whole the whole scholarship and contract mania is it's secondary. Yeah. I didn't do high school sports, so I don't have those memories, but I could totally see that. Yeah, I was not the high school sports athlete either. Um before high school I was the kid who got picked last whenever they picked kids. Uh, you know, two boys would pick uh, their teams and they pick the dead kid and then the kid who's paraplegic and then the kid who had no hands. Dawn, and, you weren't that. Come on, they didn't they pick me. Penny ahead of you. Come on. No, they, they would pick me last. I was the last. And uh, 
I also had a very cruel nickname in high school. I was called Tits, so not fun. Not fun. Hey, I can commiserate. I got I got picked last too. But I'm just wondering, switching gears from sports. Now, Randy, you told us you're a sci-fi fan. What sci-fi are you grooving to right now? You know, I really enjoyed the first season of Picard. I Yay. thought that was the best Star Trek. Um, the best? Okay. I've got I, I think it was the best. One, I'm such a huge uh, Patrick Stewart fan. Um, and while it, it was a little sad to see him a little bit older. Um, bit of an asshole, was, too. <laughs> he was a bit of a dick. Yeah, he, uh, he had some stuff he had to deal with on the series. But, uh, but yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I know people complained about it being slow or whatever, but I think they did the right mix of you know, introducing new characters and giving us some of the older characters. And I know in season two, they're going to do that a lot more. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, I, I did Kirk. too. Go ahead, Carly. I did. I did as well. And actually, I didn't mind that he was a little crotchety. <laughs> if anything, it well. I mean, it's it something I've told right? Don. Yeah, I, yeah. It told. It's something I told Don. I've told a lot of people, and a lot of people have disagreed. But this is my story. I'm sticking to it. To me, if if you felt if your complaint about Picard was it slow, didn't have enough action, you missed the point. You completely missed the point of what this story was about. It wasn't about the action. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't about Picard the captain. It wasn't about Picard the star, the Starfleet legend. This was first and foremost about just Picard the man. This was about a man examining himself and saying, "Okay, I'm at I'm at the fourth quarter of my life. I'm at the end of." And then he finds out. He's a, his clock is winding down. What do I do with what I have left? How can I still contribute with the time I have left? And that, and if you know the Picard history from the next generation forward, Picard always looked forward. He never looked back. There was, there was that one episode where he got turned into a kid in a transporter accident. That's right. That's and, and, the, yeah. and the one thing he said was, my life has always been about going forward, not backward. Sure. And that's a time very, winding no, that's, down, though, we're almost out of time. Randy, tell us what you think your first show will be back next week when you're back on level playing field on the Outsports Network. I, it's, a, it's an interview I actually did a month ago of a former baseball player who um, played in the 90s, was drafted by the Colorado Rockies. He never played in the minors or the pros um, because of his sexuality he um, had a rough 20s and he, he had addiction issues and everything like that. And we go into that story. Randy um, Booth, thank you so much for joining us in the Transporter Room. Carly, set coordinates for Level Playing Field Headquarters in Scotts Valley, California. Randy, Randy, sending you back to Scotts Valley. Thanks for joining us. Hey, have us in the, hey, how about having us on the, le on the Level Playing Field? How about it? I will. I definitely will. And thank you guys. Thank you, Randy. All the best to you. Carly, I'll see you next week on the Transporter Room. Have a great you one. You too, Don. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July.